It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener with Jersey sportscaster Matt Lachlan and fellow podcaster John McAlevey. And oh boy, guys, you know, a couple, what, a couple weeks ago, 10 days ago, whatever, when Rutgers got that bid uh, to the NCAA tournament, I said I was a content fan, didn't I? I did say that. Yes, you did. We have to remember that because it was very important that they made the tournament. And I got to congratulate them, guys. Come on. You know, you know, they worked their butts off. I mean, it was an up and down season. Uh, they did make the tournament, which was just so important, as I've said numerous times. And um, they also did a great job with uh, with COVID, too. I mean, a lot of uh, programs challenged by that. I mean, you saw what happened with VCU, which was just heartbreaking. And uh, to not be able to get a bid and not be able to play. You know, Rutgers all season long didn't have an issue there. I mean, so the kids, you know, you know, they they did their part. The coaching staff did their part. The program did their part. And um, again, that was quite a challenge. And uh, they did a great job with it. And, uh, you know, they played their butts off. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to go after them um, when when they've when they put so much into the program, it's very clear. And just, I love the team. I just, you know, want to make that clear. I guess we're getting the sense that there's a button there, but (laughs) well, here's the thing. I mean, like, and then, and then you get as a fan, what do we do as fans, man? We get fired up again and they get a scrappy win against Clemson, you know, very similar team to them. Uh, You know, in that game, you know, Rutgers did get a couple bounces that went, they went their way. I can think of like six points where the ball just popped in their hand for an easy layup. And that kind of happens. And even Clemson's coach said that he was like, you know, the easy ones matter. And it kind of was the difference in that game. But, you know, they earned it and they showed that they belonged, which was really important. It's not just making the tournament, but belonging. And the way the Big Ten has played, man, it was pretty important to, you know, get that uh, that first win and at least represent. Now, of course, we go to the second round uh, versus Houston, and, and and my goodness, guys! I mean, here's the thing about it: if um, if they were if they were just exchanging baskets, it went it was what the, that kind of game where the 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 team that had the ball last was going to win. You kind of you can roll with it better, but you know we all have our fan mantle, right? And, and I had a sweet sixteen, a shiny sweet sixteen trophy. For 2021, going up on that mantle, man, I was uh, I was uh, high as a kite, and my goodness, guys, Houston has a 14-2 run. Rutgers just pretty much collapses in that spot. I mean, a lot of people say it was you know the alley oop that was missed by Miles, uh, that five-point swing right there, and then uh, Houston just a lot of things went Houston's way. And look, they're a good team. And they they figured out a way to win, but whoa, what a brutal loss! And and then would add Syracuse guys. It's it set up really nice. Now you know, hey, listen, Bayheim in the tournament. You know, they, you never want to face him, but you know, listen, they knew that they knew Syracuse. They beat them earlier in the season. It just would have been a nice. I know I'm uh, woulda couldas. I know Matt, yeah. but yeah, uh, it was just so close, and and it was really hard to see them lose the way they did uh, in that second round. Steve, I have well, to tell you, the only thing that was rolling through my mind as I was watching, especially the last, I went back and looked at the game flow, the last four minutes and 33 seconds, they had a nine-point lead. Mm-hmm. And and the one voice that I can hear in the back of my mind was going back to the late 80s and early 90s was Pat Riley. And his famous quote was, no rebounds, no rings. And I know they weren't playing yeah, for an NBA yeah, championship. Yeah. 
but they could not for the life of them secure a defensive rebound. They couldn't do it. Yeah. And on numerous occasions, the biggest one was the missed free throw, two missed free throws by Quentin Grimes, who's, who's yeah. really a good player. And they yeah. sort of, you know, held him in check and they, he misses both mm. of them. And he's like an 88% free throw shooter. And they tap the ball back out and bagging <laughs> the three pointer. Killer. That was the backbreaker right there. Yeah. That was the one that really did it. Not to mention the tip in, uh, that puts them in front and the guy makes the free throw. They just could not secure a rebound. And, and, you know, as a coach of a lower level team, um, you know, I, I see it with my guys. Once you, once you can't clear your boards, you're in big trouble. And that is really what, what Steve Peichel is, you know, driving in his car today or, you know, until next season starts, he's going to be thinking of those rebounds that they could not secure. Yeah. The second chance points were huge in that run. Houston had nine second chance points in that 14 two run. But here's something else that I hope uh, Steve Peichel is thinking about and looking at the hell they take the air out of the ball for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a slug fest, mm-hmm. but you've got a nine point lead. I know you're thinking I'm going to milk the clock. It's my ally. I've got this lead. Let's go. All I need is one basket. I mean, that's what happens in runs like one stop, one basket makes the difference and Rutgers got neither. Yep. But he just, he just took the ball out of it. I don't know. And what was that? Four guys on the baseline, one guy up top. I didn't know what, what he was thinking. He got one basket out of it. It just took Rutgers out of any kind of a flow. So I, I think he's got to look a little bit at his strategy as well and decide whether or not that was the, the best thing to do. But it was a terrible loss for Rutgers, no question about it. Heartbreaking loss. And yeah. look, they yeah. made history. They got in the tournament for the first time since Steve was, was, was able to drink legally. I mean, that's a long time ago. And they finally <laughs> won a playoff game, which was back when I was legal right. to drink. So that's an even longer time ago. So this team has a lot to look back on and be uh, proud of. And certainly Rutgers fans, uh, assuming that they continue to make postseason tournaments, et cetera. Well, either way, and they will. But uh, Rutgers fans will look back at this team as a very special team. And they lose a lot of special players in Miles Johnson and and Geo Baker. And they'll think about what might have been, but it, it is a satisfying year overall. Yeah, you talk about stemming the tide. After the Grimes three pointer, after the missed free throws, they come right down and Geo makes a layup and that around the two minute mark and you're back up four and you think yeah. we may have just we may have just been able to stem the tide here. And and you're right, they couldn't do it. I, I agree with you. I have no idea what these teams do, bringing the ball down, as you said, and then just milking the clock. Because, I mean, they don't have a Miles Powell who can, with four on the shot clock, can create his own shot and then either rock back and get you off the ground and jump into you to get free throws out of it or just get to the basket. I mean, Geo Baker's a really nice player. Ron Harper's a nice player. Let's talk about him. He disappeared again. He was nowhere to be found. But they don't have that guy that when the shot clock is running down can get you a bucket. And that's why I don't know why they went to that strategy. Here's another one, and I tweeted this out. Where was Paul Mulcahy? Yeah. I mean, he's not a, a great star, but he sees the floor so beautifully. He could break somebody down, get to the basket, and find someone. He was nowhere to be found in the last four and a half. Yeah, they went he with brought, Caleb McConnell. And then McConnell fouled out. He brought yeah. Montez Mouth yeah. back in yeah. the game. Yeah. He had a good game, but he did. He did. Yeah. But where was Paul? I mean, Paul can handle the ball. Montez is a two guard. He's not really going to handle the ball. And McConnell does some great things. He's a gritty, gutty guy. He makes mistakes. He took a three point shot 
you know, in, in the, in I don't the, like him with the ball, man. Mark. What was that? He's <laughs> a great defender, but I mean, come on. It, it, yeah, it was a bad, you know, and that, that, that you saw that in a lot of comments about that shot. I don't shot. know where Mulcahy but, was. That, that, I'll never and he's a, and he's a, I think he's the kind of player you want on the floor in that spot, too. So, but here's the thing. He's, you know, you know, Peichel's got a lot of choices. So you pick your poison, you know. I mean, Montez Mathis was having a good game. He looked like the Purdue Montez Mathis. He was, uh, he was hitting some threes, and I mean bottom of the net threes. So he looked like he was dialed in. So, you know, but. Yeah, but at that point, you don't need threes. You yeah. need guys that are going to make gutty plays. Like, Mulcahy, if he can't get a rebound, I think Matt brought this up last time around in, in, in the Big Ten tournament. There was an important point where he couldn't get the rebound, but he tapped it to his teammate. He just makes gutty plays like he's a winner. Yeah. He's not a star. He's not going to play in the NBA. He's a winner, and he makes winning plays late in shot clocks and late in the games. And I was shocked that that, uh, that Steve had him on the bench. I really was. Yeah. And then going back to what lost him the game, Johnny, you hit it on the the, the nail on the head. You know, and, and let's, in fairness, Houston's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, but Rutgers played along. I mean, you, you'd think, okay, Rutgers, big bad Rutgers from the Big Ten, man, they're going to clean glass and they're going to they're going to box out, and it didn't happen. And that's yeah. really at the end what what lost in the game, and and that you know what a big play which just surprised me, and I just I think it was just a freak play is when Gio was coming down. Um, you know, he dribbled to his left, and I, they doubled him, and he just lost the ball. Yeah. Uh, I was a critical possession, just lost the ball. And then uh, yeah. Harper had the foul there and that was kind of their one shot. And then even Harper had a good look to, um, good look to tie it up. Uh, but he just didn't go. It just clanged yeah. off back iron. And, um, and that yeah, was it. Was no, there, yeah. There was no magic in Ron Harper for the last half. of the Yeah. Season, yeah. And, and it was a good look, but, it was way out there. Yeah, it was out there. It was you know, kind it was of a weird play. I mean, it was straight ahead, and yes, it would be considered, I guess, a good look, but he just wasn't He wasn't feeling it for the last, whatever, 10, 12, yeah. maybe a little longer games. And guys, listen, you have to understand, I mean, the, the ebb and flow of the season, I mean, we were eating, Rutgers, that is, was eating caviar at the beginning of the season. And why? Because they were a good, solid defensive team that was scoring, and we were all saying that early in the season on this show. And then that just went away. It was like, here's, give me the caviar back. Here's the Ritz crackers. Um, you're going to, you know, it's good hard hat time. You're going to play, you know, and then we went back, you know, Rutgers went back to that team um, that just were outworked the other team. Uh, and you know what? Listen, and, and they and they did at the end of the season, they figured out a way they figured out a way, which was important. But, you know, moving forward um, to get. You know, because they were talking, you know, you talk about the elite teams. You know, what's the difference? I mean, Michigan against LSU was in a similar situation. Um, they had a, they had a little bit of a lead going late after, you know, they, they went up, you know, 8-10. And the difference was, you know, LSU made a push, but Michigan just can score. They can score. They got too many scorers, guys that can shoot. And get in, and so uh, they, they took care of business there. So it really... We've, we've said this a number of times, you got to put the ball in the basket at the end of the day. And the elite teams, the best teams, still play great defense, uh, but they can score. And Rutgers, frankly, just struggled to score. Uh, earlier in the season when they were talking, when they when they got to 11, the big win over Illinois, you know, they were scoring. And that 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 went away. I think, Matt, what you yeah. just said, part of that was, you know, the, um, you know, Ron Harper Jr. just not being the same player in the second half of the season that he was in the first. You know something, though, um, Steve? Yeah. And it's something that, again, I, I bring up me coaching. It's just such a low level. But when I, when I tell my guys that get to a certain point where you got 433 on the clock 
and you have a nine point lead. I, I tell my guys, listen, we just need to take care of the ball. We need to rebound the ball at this point. We almost have enough points. We're not playing against the other team right now. We're playing against the clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's take care of our business. That doesn't mean running the shot clock down, the, down to one and then having to throw a half court hook shot over our head. You don't want to do that. You want to run your offense at that point. That's why, like Matt said, why they were doing like that one, four flat is basically what that is. You put one guy at the top, you put four guys on the baseline, and then you just say, you tell your guy at about the eight second mark, go by your man. Okay. And if you can get, and then if somebody picks you up, whoever's guy comes to double, you just dump it down to them and you have a layup or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost sort of like hero ball, but they don't have that hero kind of a guy. I mean, Gio, as we talked about, is a great shooter. He's not, you know, great getting to the basket, but you know, they're going to come back to, it wasn't points. It was the rebound. They yeah. could not secure the rebound. They had enough points to win. If they had one or two more rebounds there, they win the game. And then yeah. you, know, you talk about miles missing the, the dunk there, the alley-oop. He also missed a tip and it rolled. I mean, it was on the rim for about like three weeks and rolled <laughs> off. And I mean, yeah. those are the things that'll just tell yeah. you. And, and can we have enough of the uh, Dijon Darrow and the hip pointer? My goodness yeah. gracious. It was like, this yeah. guy was, was the conquering hero coming home from world war. And he was, you know, in a wheelchair and then, and then he was in the game running around. <laughs> right. And right. Was, yeah. Wrong yeah. And, hitting the, and hitting the bottom of the net. So yeah, that hit pointer yeah, must've just done a gutty performance. Yes. But my God, I mean, this was one like, shining moment, John, one shining <laughs> moment. You forgetting yeah. the, the Hollywood storylines that are yeah. being built. <laughs> right. it was Willis Reed, right? right. Limping in. It was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. He's a nice player though. Yeah. But it's hard, to, you know. You gotta, you just gotta take the the loss head on, and you know, it just um, again, fans want to get up quick. I mean, right? I mean, Matt, you you want the Mets to win the World Series this year, don't you? It's been since '86. Well, well, of course, and, and there's no doubt. I mean, you're in the playoffs, uh, you're in the NCAA tournament, and you you have yeah. visions. It's a long way to go from the second round you know, deep in the run, but yeah, you're one away from the sweet 16 and that's enormous. I think though, overall, look, Rutgers didn't make this tournament basically until the last two games of yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, three, maybe if you count the last regular season game, the win over Minnesota and then winning the first big 10 playoff game and then they lose. So they just got in. Let's be honest. They just yeah. got in uh, whether or not they, shouldn't have been in that position they were. So they just got in and they won a first round game. Absolutely. And so that's yep. fantastic. Yes. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I said it last week for me, Rutgers had to win that first game to put a little shine on the season. Mm-hmm. Now it would have been nice if they could have advanced and stayed in Indianapolis and played in the sweet 16. And you're right, Steve, uh, Syracuse, uh, you know, if you can figure out their zone, if you can shoot against them, but Bayheim has been doing that for years they're going to kill you with that zone. So that, I don't know if Rutgers would have been able to do that. Uh, but that's what you dream about for sure. However, I think it still was a terrific year for them and a lot to build on. And, you know, they lose an awful lot. So, you know, we'll see. It's what yeah. can you do for me now? So next year will be another challenge. Yeah. And look who's left, as we mentioned, in that Midwest region now. Um, had they won, it's number eight, Loyola Chicago, who – I don't know how much of the tournament you guys have watched that game when they annihilated Illinois, that was the best team I've seen. I have seen play in this tournament so far. Yeah, they've been good. 
Unbelievable. Yes. They're all no-name nobodies. Sister Jean is up there with the mask on. She can She's 102 years old. <laughs> I know. That's great. She can hardly Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, so, right. and then you have, so they're an eight seed. You have Syracuse as the 11 seed. And, oh, here come the Beavers from Oregon State, the 12 seed. It would have been, it would have been the, 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 um, the combination of the highest ranked uh, uh, teams left in a region ever. It would have been number 10. Um, Rutgers, 8 Loyola, 11 Syracuse, and 12 Oregon State. Unbelievable. But yeah, yeah I, I get all that. It was the great season, and it, they won a game, and it's all well and good, but my God, they were there. They were oh, yeah. 16. Yeah. And to go, now you got to go 365 days. Oh, man. Just to get back to that point, you know, Matt, you've been around sports hey, listen, your whole life. I, you too, Steve. It's again, impossible yeah. to get back to that point. Everything's got to go well. Everybody's got to stay healthy. You can find and a silver lining, Johnny, to everything. But the bottom line is what I'm saying is, is you how you there, lose. You how you lose means something. Oh, yeah, and no as questions. fans, fan is short for fanatic, man. We're nuts. I mean, you're, you're right there, man. I just said if I, that was I, I, Providence. I'd still be out for a walk uh, right now. I would have had to hey, go out for. Oh, a, I was throwing stuff that night, man. It was just. Hey, hey let, let let see, and and I I will go back. Yes, I understand your pain, Steve, but I will tell you, losing the way Rutgers did early in the tournament does not compare to losing on a terrible call in the NCAA championship game oh, this oh, yes. against Michigan. Yes, that's oh, six years wrong forever. Particularly, oh, yeah, Ramil Robinson. We, we can all remember it. Oh my goodness! The, fa- the phantom, the phantom the call. Truth, yeah, the, the truth is, uh, Seton Hall is unlikely. As much as I love them and would like for it to happen, I mean, it has to be such it? a such a convergence of events you uh, haven't, for that to happen. Well, how can anybody? I haven't forgotten it. How could you forget it? But I wonder if you put Phantom Call, if you do that search in Google, if Ramil Robinson's name comes up uh, or picture comes up in that. Spot. Yeah, you know I don't know, I mean? know. I mean, he got bumped, but it wasn't a call. It wasn't. It wasn't a good call. No. How about the end call. of? Did you see the end of the um, Texas? I think it was Abilene Christian game. They called a foul on with one point two seconds left in that one, and the guy went to the fifty eight percent free throw shooter went to the line and made them both. That was a <laughs> yeah. call as well. There's been some real head scratchers in this tournament. Oh yeah, but hey, I listen. mean, there is that fine line, right? Like the Texas Tech game ended where. You know, Texas Tech was saying there was a foul, and it was, you know, it is that fine line for officials, right? What do you let go? When do you let yeah. it go? What's play on? When do you cross the line from play on? But, John Cloggerty Sr. has to take that to his grave. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's why at the end of a game, I never, ever, ever want to see my team or a team I'm rooting for settle for. I mean, you see guys come down and they settle for an outside shot. Put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, make the official make a call because a lot of times they will They'll mm-hmm. blow the whistle. Make them do that because you can earn it from the line. You know, if you settle for a three, that shot either goes in or it clangs off and the buzzer goes off and you lose. You're listening to the Jersey Hardwood podcast. We're going to take a break. Uh, listen to our sponsor, and then we'll be back. We'll talk about who's going to be back for Rutgers next year. We'll also talk a little bit about the tournament and who looks good and who looks like they're going to win this whole thing. The big insurance companies barrage you with endless commercials and then have operators on standby, who knows where, ready to push you through the process. At LG Insurance, we'd like to get to know you, find out what your needs are, answer all your questions, earn your trust. No rush here. We'll take all the time you need, and we still have backing from all the big guys, so we'll get you a great rate, too. 
LG Insurance. Local feel, national backing. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. Okay, guys, let's talk about who's coming back, who's not. Uh, we all, we know right away uh, that uh, Jacob Young is not coming back. I mean, he's 23 years old. Um, he pretty much on t- uh, he tweeted out, "Hey, thank you for everything. Out, I'm out. <laughs> JY out." So I think yeah, I, I think that. it's pretty clear. That's, that's a pretty good sign, don't you think? I think it's a, it's pretty clear. <laughs> he goes, uh, Geo. Um, you know, he can play another year. He could probably play overseas. He's been um, he's been very much bar- about uh, the NCAA. Um, What's the uh, hashtag for that? And they're not owned by the NCAA. He's been the face of that for the most part. So he's he's certainly going to focus on that. And um, I don't know. So here's the thing, though. I um, mean, you know, as you were saying, John, at the break, you know, he could be the big man on campus. And also, are, is the crowd coming back? Do you want to leave the, an empty rack? Wouldn't it be nicer to leave a full rack? And you know, I don't know. It's it's uh, and then could he develop his game even more? I I don't know if it's um if coming back might be worth it for him. But I think every indication is that he might move on. Miles Johnson's big. That's big there because, you know, he's uh, he's he's an engineer first. He's a student first. He's made that clear. And uh, every time he, you talk he about played, him, He played well at an internship with yeah. IBM. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so you figure he might want to go. With, I love the fact that he came out east to the northeast, uh, but he's a California kid. And he might want to go back out west. Maybe Stanford goes after him or something. I don't know. As a grad transfer, he might want to go away. But you know what? You know what? Peichel's built, and and you know he's developed into a nice player. He's a fantastic defensive player. He's a huge presence for them in the paint there. And and it'd be great to see him come back because I think that they can be. I think they can go to the tournament again. Uh, I don't know how good they can be. I mean, Jacob Young just became such a huge part of the team. And losing him is pretty big. But, um, you know, if Miles stays around, uh, Ron Harper Jr., who is it we've seen can be a terrific player, maybe gets a little more consistent on the scoring. And by the way, with Ron Harper Jr., you know, he just was great at the beginning of the season. That's why, I mean, when people, it seems like we go after him. Don't mean to go after him. It's just like, wow, man, you couldn't miss anything. Hot as can be. Set the bar really high. Set the bar really high. And then, you know, it's hard to meet that every night. I get it, especially when they say, hey, you got a key on this kid. So he's a wonderful player, man. I mean, when he's on, my God, his stroke is fantastic. He, you know, he can drive to the basket. He's long. He's big. He plays, you know, good defense. I mean, he's he's a terrific player. And so, you know, he and you know what he can do. He can be the best player on the court and one of the top players in the Big Ten without a doubt next year. So well, he wasn't for long stretches after he was. So he's got to yeah, find that. Yeah, exactly. So the only, yeah. And, and I thought you don't want to rip the guy because he just was terrific. And so he was so good at the beginning of the season, you know, but, um, you know, he's back and, uh, you know, get miles back with him. Mulcahy, just let him run the point. Uh, Caleb McConnell is a, is a good role player, good defensive player. Don't love him with the ball, but boy, he's long. He's he's quick enough to so he can guard. You know, he can you know he can neutralize uh, the other team's best score. You know, the, I mean, they got the they got the players. You want to see how Omar Rui develops? That's huge. That's um, huge. There's the guy. You just hit it. I mean, he's a top fifty recruit that really you know made little to no impact at all this year. I mean, he showed at one point the other day. I liked how, you know, at one point he got, 
he got a little ticked off with, with, going for a rebound with another guy. And the two of them were John. I was, I was happy to see he's got a little mean streak in him. And then he made a layup on the other end. It was just so effortless and so athletic. I was like, wow, what the heck was yeah, that? Yeah. I want to see some more of that. <clears throat> so, you know, if he can develop, listen, he's been that big for a long time. I'm sure they hammer him with drop step, right? Drop step left. He's doing all these jump hooks. That's got to come to the table next year. He's got to be able to be some sort of an offensive. Yeah. You know, it can't, they can't be playing four on five. Uh, no, he's on got the, the tools. The he's got the body. He's got to the, be able to do the that. physicality. He can block shots. Hopefully, he can rebound as well. So he's got to step up. Yes. And so, but that goes back to the point: uh, where does Miles Johnson then fit in all of that? Right. Yeah. So if Johnson comes back, does that does that block Omar Ruiz? progression and mm-hmm. listen it's all about competition it's what's best i think uh who knows on the transfer uh, portal you know rutgers will have some openings and they may become a landing spot for some guys so the college basketball world is in such flux uh but yes i mean i said at the beginning that he wasn't coming back uh, you know who knows maybe maybe yeah. people come back plus coming in next year they have a guard jalen miller is a guard that they've signed a three-star guard and they have uh an intriguing six foot eight forward from Dallas, guy named Jaden Jones, that's going to be coming in. He's been playing really well on mm-hmm. uh, some of the AAU prep circuits. Yeah. So those are those are the two guys, uh, freshmen that will be next year, Jaden and Jalen. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep your eye on those guys. And and Matt really hit the nail on the head. This this transfer portal, it it, it it's bulging at the seams. It's like the Wild West, as we spoke about last. Right. Year. You can remake your team. In a month, you really can. I mean, some huge players, a couple of guys, that big seven-footer from North Carolina, the freshman Walker Kessler, he's in the portal. You've got right. these guys from from lesser conferences who, who are scoring like 21 points a game, like the guy Mike Smith at, at uh, Michigan. He was playing in Columbia. He was a real nice player at Columbia. Look at him now. He's the maestro on, on the number two or three team in the nation at Michigan. He's a star. Guys like that can can really come out of nowhere and and make your team. So keep your eye on that portal because these teams might look a lot different than uh, than they do right now. Yeah, and listen to you, listen. Sure. And I made the point they have to score. So now you can't listen. Peichel's done a fantastic job. I, you can't, I mean, he's done a great job recruiting. He's got the charisma. He's got the you know he seems like a guy you want to play for, right? And and he's done a terrific job, but. You know, they have, you know, and he plays the, hey, we're getting our hard hat on and we're just going to work our butts off. And, and and he gets his kids to work their butts off. There's no question about it. But at the end of the day, you, you know, I guess you can say, hey, offense is what it is. The ball's going to go in the hoop, which is kind of what he says. We're not worried about that. We're worried about getting stops and all that. And I get it and all. But, you know, at some point, I mean, you got to believe that maybe an offensive minded assistant coach more so that can do some sets and things like that. I mean, what Johnny, what do you think? I mean, in, in terms of uh, getting more offense and, and, and getting more plays running an offense that I don't know. Listen, yeah. Do they need better shooters? I, I get it. Okay. You but know what it comes down to? What's that? It comes down to, uh, Ron Harper Jr. ringing the bell a little bit more. What he did earlier in the year, remember, mm-hmm. people used to, they would say, Opens up oh, the floor, you know, right? Rutgers, whenever you play them, you're going to be in a rock fight because they can't score. Well, guess what? They were scoring earlier in the year. We even commented on our earlier podcast. Mm-hmm. Look how much better they look when the ball goes through the net. And a lot of that had to do with him. So he, he's really got to uh, find that magic touch that he had last year. And uh, if he can do that, 
then then they will be much better off, obviously. I mean, he had six points in the biggest game of the year. He can't disappear like that. He's got to be a double-digit score. He's got to get at least 10 every game. you got to count on that from him. So, Matt, you know. And then, you know, maybe Mulcahy yeah. takes a step, and he, he can ring the bell a few more times. they got to get some scoring up front. You know, a guy like Eugene Omarui, who was that, Six seven six eight sort of power forward guy. You could put him on the block and he could score for you. They really don't have an on the block scorer. Miles is a big guy, but he has no offensive game really either. Yeah, they got to find some people up front that can uh, that can do some things. And so, um, you know, they need to. The off season is where you're. You know, the guys that you recruit, you make them better. You see yeah. that the players take that jump. Uh, and hopefully they have some guys in the program that will do that. Matt, do you think it's just they can't shoot, or is it scheme? Can they can they scheme this? Can they can an offensive minded guy come in? Just like you know, like football as an offensive coordinator, it's so important. You know, I mean, obviously different sports here. I get it, but offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. You know, um, is it is it scheme? Well, I'm not a you know basketball coach, but I would say you can improve shooting. But it's not scheme. These guys aren't shooters. They're not. Exactly. They have to improve that. They yeah. have to work on that. But yes, you can bring somebody in who hands them a basketball and tells them to shoot two hundred times uh, every day, and they'll get better. Yeah. And that's what they'll have to do. But no, it's you know the basically the RERM. But you can work yourself into a shooter for sure. The problem is you could run all of Gonzaga's plays, but after you run that double screen and and your guys open in the corner, it's it's. Caleb McConnell taking the shot, not Corey Kispert. You know, it, it's it comes the, down it's to the rubber, rubber hits yeah. the road, Johnny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They say it's uh, the, the players and not the plays. I heard somebody say that, and I thought that that was really a good yeah. thing. The, the Jimmys and Joes and not the S's yeah. and O's. And, yeah, I mean, these guys can improve over, over a season, but um, hopefully they will, and hopefully they will. How about Seton Hall, Matt? What do we think as far as guys returning there? Do we know... Um, you know, who's coming back, who's leaning towards coming back. I know they have a very good recruiting class coming in as well. I know that was doing some research. They have a really good point guard. Ryan Conway's coming in from Maryland. They have, uh, you know, a top 75 wing from Phoenix. Brandon mm-hmm. Weston is his name, yep. a small forward. Uh, and they have another small forward coming in from Los Angeles. They're going out West. They're coming to play in South Orange. How, do, how are you <laughs> selling that to these West coast kids? I think, they might have global warming. Yeah, global warming. They're saying it's not that cold here. Like right, it once but they was. have a nice class coming in. They're they're ranked yeah. in uh, in the Big East, and and which is good because you know Georgetown has a huge class. Villanova always has a huge class. Creighton has a good class. So, um, what are we hearing from um, what's going on at the hall? Well, they do graduate a lot of guys, and the only one who uh, is going to come back, by all indications, is Ike Obiagu. Uh, and while he has his flaws, he does give them an inside presence, certainly. And so that's good news. And yes. you know, he'll bring experience and maturity. Uh, but they do graduate a whole heck of a lot. And the only one who is certain to come back is is Obiagu. They have one guy who's gone, uh, announced his intentions to leave. And that's uh, a freshman by the name of Dominguez Stevens. And he really wasn't used all that much. So uh, you know, Ooh. good luck. Where, yeah, well, he didn't play, but he came in. <laughs> no, he came. In, I know he came in with a bit of a rep, but he just never, whatever happened. I mean, maybe they couldn't do much in the summer with workouts yep. and quarantines and all that sort of stuff, but it just never happened for him. So, uh, you know, th- th- it looks like they're going to lose a, a lot of players. 
I guess it really comes down to what some of those players who will be picking up degrees want to do. So does Shavar Reynolds want to come back? I I think, you know, as I said earlier, we we never played the game at the highest level and and we think it's a dream, but I think it's a lot of it this year was a drag and the drag was a holdover from last March when there was no tournament. And then Mm -hmm. there was lockdown and no students on campus, no fans in the building not able to get out. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that these guys were in solitary, but it yeah. was a very limited opportunity to interact with others than your small inner circle. They sacrificed so much. And I just wonder how many want to go through another season again. Is there unfinished business for some of them? Sure. Is it the possibility that they can improve their stock if they're thinking about moving uh, to, as they say, the next level. I don't think there's a lot of NBA guys on the Rutgers or Seton Hall rosters, but there's yeah. always overseas opportunities. Yeah. Is that what you want? Or do you just want to take your degree and, and look back and say, man, it was a great run, but it's time to grow up, so to speak, and, and enter the real world. So uh, a lot of hard decisions to be made. Again, they can come back. Uh, the extra year has been granted to them, but you've got guys coming up underneath and it's going to be a, a, a real challenge, that's for sure. Yeah, a real you know, challenge. You mentioned, guys, if you want to come back and, and how the NCA has given um, even seniors this the leeway to come back for that for another year. It was sort of a yeah. – uh, this was a gimme, I know. On a on a personal note, I was happy to see a Big Nate Watson, Providence's really good uh, senior center. He's going to come back. And the reasoning, he, he said, you know, not only does he want to work on stuff and – he wants to lead, um, you know, that he wants to, I guess he finished like first and or second in field goal percentage and third in rebounding, whatever. He said, I want to be first in all those things. But he also, at the end of the day, looked at the camera and said, you know what? I love being a college student. I love being in college. I just yeah. love the whole, the atmosphere and, look, and, and I'm going to get, you know, work towards my master's degree. Yeah. I love being in college. And That's, yeah. you know, who wouldn't want to go back? Kind of the point you're making, Johnny, earlier. Why wouldn't you want to come back to the best years of your life? I mean, they're walking to the arena and then tumbleweeds are rolling in the parking lot and stuff. Nobody's around. So now next year, we got to believe, well, we hope anyway, right? That we're yeah, all going to be vaccinated be, and yeah. then the fans will be back. And it's just, yeah. so why not go back and get that energy for another year. I mean, there is that point, but, uh, but on your, to your point, Matt, I mean, you know, and a lot of them are just like, I'm just fried and done and, and, and ready to move on. So just me, it, I guess it's where your mindset is really. Do you, do you want to keep the, cause also they got to work their tails off. So do you want to keep the grind going or maybe do you just, you know, you're ready to kind of set sail. It and, comes down to the individual, you know, it's just going to be who, who needs the money? Some guys might need to go overseas and make money because, you know, their family might need it. You know, that, mm-hmm. that comes into, sure. uh, to all of this as well. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild couple of months because the, the, that transfer portal, not to beat the drum again, that, that thing has, has become, um, you know, the new golden goose. As I said, you can remake your team with two guys that maybe have decommitted. Think of all these coaches that have been fired and, how about what's going on at Louisville? They, they let two assistant coaches go, and within 10 hours, they lost two of their top recruits are saying, hey, that was the guy that spent all the time recruiting me for eight months, you know? Chris Mack, you came in at the end and, and you know, did the final sell job, but I was talking to this guy for eight months, and we had a relationship, and you fired him out from under me, so I'm out of here. 
So, you know, kids are fickle now. If they don't like what they're doing, they're going to leave. I mean, a lot of guys are going. Yeah. Uh, and big name players, too. Yeah. So well, it will be fun. So sure. we'll, we'll have to we'll have to keep the the Jersey Hardwood podcast on uh, on the back burners because I have a feeling, you know, when Seton Hall lands an impact transfer guy or Rutgers yeah. does the same, we're going to have to come back on and and uh, talk about it. It should be fun. And I got to tell you, if we look at the tournament, um, you know, Gonzaga looks like an unbeatable team to me, man. That looks like just a complete team, uh, and they're. Uh, uh, and they're looking good. And how about Oregon looks good, though, too? Boy, they got a break. I mean, VCU couldn't play, which was really a shame. So they have fresh legs against Iowa and just ran them out of the gym, man, just crushed them. And Omaru well, looks good, too. they were playing those weak, those weak teams from the Big Ten. What happened to the best conference straight, in America? You, you are correct. I mean, they, you know, look, they got a few wins there. I mean, Rutgers wins their opener. You know, Maryland takes care of Connecticut. Hello. But, you know, I mean, there, there were some bad. I mean, Illinois. That was a surprise, man, huh? One out of nine. I, yeah, One and then Ohio State. I think what we're seeing. Ohio State going down, going down at the second exactly. seed. Oh. So what we, yeah, what yeah. we've seen here, and I discussed it last week. Let's let's be honest. We didn't know who was good. No, of course, they all played it yeah. against themselves. Yeah, and now we're finding out that mm-hmm. the Big Ten wasn't the biggest, baddest. Maybe it was the Pac-12 that got no love. They got four teams. They got twenty-five percent of the teams in the Sweet Sixteen. Right. Yeah, and um. You know, from, and, and Loyola was poorly seeded. We know that, right? I mean, all their and then you can go back to like they should have been higher. But let's in terms of the balance from balance from first to last in the in the uh, in the Big Ten. I mean, it's I mean I mean Gonzaga doesn't even get challenged. I mean, we know that you know that uh, that's every year for them. But uh, for, that's why for, they better win it this year, boy. Yeah. <laughs> they hit better win it. You take a look at all the, the power conferences. The Pac-10, uh, Pac-12, excuse me, they have four of their five teams advanced to the Sweet 16. The Big East has yeah. two of their four. They got two out of four. The ACC, they were pathetic, two out of seven. And let's face it, Syracuse, how the heck are they there? Yeah. Buddy Beheim gets Beheim, man. You know, uh, you know that system he's got. Making some threes. Buddy Buckets. Yeah. The SEC's got two out of six. Here's the two stink bombs, and they were the two that everybody put on the top. The Big Ten, uh, Big Ten, one out of nine, and the Big Twelve, who I thought was right there with the Big Ten, one out of seven, wow. one out of seven in the, in the uh, yeah, in the Sweet Six. But then you it's got amazing. teams like you mentioned, John Loyola of Chicago. Man, come on, it took care of Illinois. Roberts. Oh yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, Great story. Sweet Sixteen. Great. Well, you always get teams like that, though, yeah. right? There's always the the one shining moment. Uh, yeah. You know, we we stand that all the time. Hey, it's one and done. These are kids, man. There's pressure on them, and you have a yeah. bad day, and you're gone. I mean, how bad was Kansas last night? Matt, right? You I just mean, brought it up. I was just about I mean, to on. say that. How yeah. amazing is it to see Bill Self sitting on the sideline? I mean, it, it, that look on his face was like. It's the same look that he's been putting on other coaches' faces for the last 25 years, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and it wasn't a buzzer beater. They got smoked from start oh. to finish by USC. I tweeted out, rocked chalk Jayhawk. I mean, yeah, I saw that. Rocked. That yeah. wasn't even and, – and USC was up 30, and they're shooting threes. They're throwing alley-oop. I mean, they were – I don't know whether that was personal or not, but, I mean, hey, listen – Guys, we're up 25 points with seven or eight minutes to go. How about we run some offense? You know, they got some, some stars. The U- US, USC they has some stars. Put on the gas. Yeah. The Mobley brothers, right? I mean, this, aren't they? Uh, one of them is going to be like the. It's going to be a top two or three. Yeah. Pick. Hey, did you guys get a chance to see Cade Cunningham play or Jalen? Yeah, I watched a game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, is he fun to watch? Yeah, that guy's going to be a great pro. Mm-hmm. What a nice kid. You see him interviewed after the game. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough time. You know, you see some guys. I watched uh, the the post game. I saw Luca Garza, and he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't hold back the tears. There's yeah. a guy who was a tremendous college player. I I don't know whether he has a pro future. If he does, it'll be on the end of somebody's bench for you know a couple minutes here and there. I saw Geo Baker was was very emotional after the game. It's. At the end of the day, they're kids, right? Yeah. yeah. How about what went on with that EJ Liddell at at Ohio State? He he missed a big free throw late, and then, um, you know, Ohio State goes down, and then he had those awful, awful tweets. People were tweeting at him, you should, you know, really awful things that were terrible. It's like, what are we talking about? Dwayne Washington struggled in that game, too, I'm sure. He took some heat there in Columbus. Oh, you know, but the, the, but the those, but they're, that were yeah. aimed at Liddell were, were, you know, I think the FBI is looking into it. It was just horrible, horrible stuff. Uh, it's yeah. like, come on, people, get a life. Wow. Well, they play for keeps, I guess, there out in Columbus with their sports, man. They're crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you like guys? I, you know, I said Gonzaga. I mean, I don't think Michigan, I think with livers out, I, I'm not sure, but wh- who do you like, Matt? Oh, I've, I'm, I've been on Gonzaga. They're, yeah. they're my uh, bracket uh, choice for champions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I had them beating Illinois. So I, I need some other upsets along the way to uh, pull some money down, but uh, I've gone chalk the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Matt. I had the Zags. Wow. Down the net. I lost two final four teams. I lost Illinois, and I thought that uh, Texas was battle tested. They lost to Abilene. I almost threw my TV at uh, out the window um, uh, late on Friday night. But yeah, I mean, listen, if they don't win it this year with with Timmy and Kisford and Suggs and Ayayi, they're just Nemhard. They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. I just want to see how they're going to react if it's you know, we're going to go to, the, and they go to the under four minute timeout and, and Gonzaga is down two points or down three. I want to see how they react to something like that. So I hope, I hope we get, uh, uh, we get to see that. Um, Michigan yeah. looks really good. They look yeah. really, really good. Alabama is playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be fun. I'm Oregon, USC, man. Come on. These are, these are yeah, good USC team. looks terrific. Yeah. Oregon State. I mean, good yeah. grief. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So a lot of UCLA is playing great. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, fun, fun, fun. We'll see. And listen, it was a great uh, year of Jersey basketball. You know, Rutgers, uh, you know, gets to the tournament the first time in thirty years. You know, Seton Hall had their moments, struggled down the stretch, but had their moments. Both of them will be back next year. Both will be strong again, and and uh, we will certainly return next year with a full season. But it's been a great, uh, great run with you guys. Love talking hoops with you. Uh, I we have uh, LG Insurance. Uh, Aaron Levine, terrific guy, um, great business. Um, he's been my he's been my guy for years now, over twenty years, uh, for all my insurance needs. Really terrific guy, and uh, and uh, he comes on on board. He came on for the uh, Eric Legrand pint glass thing with us. He supported it with supported us with that as well. So, big thank you uh, to Aaron, and of course a thank you to you guys too, John McLevy, Matt Lachlan. I'm Steve Titchener. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're on um, SoundCloud, a bunch of directories, so you can find our show. You can also find us on moresportsnow.com. And we will be back next year, folks, with plenty more Jersey basketball. Bye-bye. <laughs>